Today on episode 101 of the Home of Play podcast, Microsoft confirms Call of Duty popular Activision Blizzard titles will remain multi-platform, new PlayStation 5 beta firmware pins PS Plus icon to the start of the home screen, and Resident Evil 4's remake will reportedly be announced soon. All that and more. It's episode 101, let's get some new intro. Happy Monday and welcome home, everyone. Welcome back to episode 101 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steven. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello. Uh, the notes say there should be two. Hello. Thank you. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free if you enjoy it at your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the Dalmatians about the show and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing. It's all because of lovely gaming homies helping spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, Please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or on private while we discuss all those 101 Dalmatians Chris wants me to talk about. On today's episode, we have so much news for you yet again, but first, as always, we need to talk about what we've been doing this last week, and we're going to start with Chris. The primary two games I've been playing this week are on console. Uh, The first one is Dying Light 2. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, there are issues like bugs. I think I've talked about this last last week. Maybe I can't remember. Yep. Um, they still haven't been patched out, so I still see them from time to time. Um, it's it's very minor stuff. It's not too major. I mean, there's some issues like trophies not working properly, so that's kind of a bigger issue, especially for someone like me. But at least it's trophies that are early on in the game, so it's whatever. I start a new game and I can get it in two seconds, but. I would really like to play this co-op with somebody, Hinto Twink Wink, but uh, I'm having fun. I'm not very far in the game. I'm just kind of casually just screwing around, just having fun, just running around the map, like learning the, the buildings and the ones, ones you can run through and some of the mechanics of the games I'm still picking up. So I, I'm enjoying it. I don't know how much gameplay I have. I think I'm over 10 hours now, which is not a lot, but it's quite a bit since I'm not on console lately. So... Uh, and then the other big one for this week uh, was a new PC game. Well, I say new. It's new to North America and parts of Europe, I think. Um, maybe other places, too. I think it was originally Korea that it came out. but uh, Specifically South. Uh, so, yeah, I've been playing uh, Lost Ark. Uh, really enjoying it. Um, I suggest taking a look at it if you can. It's free on pc right now i'm liking it i'm trying to figure out like the best thing to compare it to it's it's an mmo but it's not like as of right now it doesn't feel like an mmo too much there are people running around there's different channels and it's hard to explain it's like a cross of like diablo path of exile and maybe like world of warcraft kind of mmo aspects and then the the combat's really actiony and I, i really like it a lot um, I could see myself getting into this for quite a bit of time. This might carry me to Elden Ring, uh, to be honest. So, especially since I've got you playing it now. 
So uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it. I can't say too much about it at the moment. I'm about 10 hours in that game as well. Not very far. I'm kind of screwing around just learning game mechanics and stuff slowly opens up as you play. So that's good. Did a couple like easier dungeons, some hidden dungeons, which are kind of cool. I don't know. It's it's good. I, I kind of recommend it. That Once again, that's Lost Ark. Um, that's pretty much been my week in gaming for this week. So how about yourself, Steve? I know briefly what you played a little bit this week. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a lot of time. Another not great week for me. Uh, so anyway, I'm prepped and ready to try Sifu, even though it's not, I don't think after reading reviews, I really don't think this game is going to be for me. And I could definitely see myself not spending a lot of time in this one, but whatever, I'm going to try it. We're going to see how it goes when some time frees up. But other than, you know, what will be, I'll talk about what I actually did. And that's Lost Ark, just like you. Um, you talked about it briefly. I had no idea what this was, so I looked it up and everything speaks to me. It's Diablo, it's fantasy, it's giant swords and big armor and... The monsters are totally the aesthetic that I mesh with. It just sung to me, and the price was right. Free to play. Yes, I still paid for the early access, so I think mine, I don't know, is like not even $30, uh, silver package, all that stuff. So I got some bonus stuff that I don't really care about. But yeah, I played it a little bit. I think I wanted to play it more. I wanted to play it more yesterday, but of course, online games and and launch dates don't ever work out well. So anyway, it's it's up and running. We played some before recording, honestly. So I had a fun time with it. It's I don't have a lot of experience with some of the other games you mentioned. Like I, I've done a little WoW way back in the day. I've never played Path of the Exile, uh, Path of Exile, whatever it's called. And the only thing, when I play this game, it just seems like Diablo 3 to me, uh, 100%. Like even the customization is like, here's a move. And then there's... Uh, like specializations of that move and i'm like well that's very diablo 3 like even the menu itself looks very diablo 3 uh you know the the camera's diablo 3 um it almost plays like diablo 3 in a way like i i, I can't remember exactly but the one good thing like i'm i'm enjoying it i guess i should just say that but the one amazing feature that i was t- completely terrified by is as anyone knows i'm not the biggest pc gamer um, this game can be played with a gamepad. So I'm playing it with my Xbox 360 controller, and that made me so happy. Yes, there's times you gotta take your mouse, and honestly, you want to in certain scenarios. It just makes like screens and everything a lot faster to deal with. But that's fine because I'm sitting right in front of my computer. So I just hate dealing with keyboards and mouses for the most time. Obviously, there's some games like Civilization I'm not gonna play <laughs> with a gamepad, but this game can be. And that's honestly going to keep me for a lot longer. So I kind of think I echo what Chris says. I think this might be the game to keep my attention until Elden Ring. So, which Chris, less, literally a day less than two weeks away. I am, ooh, I want me some Elden Ring, you know? You pre-ordered it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't usually condone pre-orders, but in this case, it had to be done. And uh, Miyazaki holds the future of my heart, so... Before I ramble on any longer, we must move on to where we synchronize the best, and that is for the news. 
So we're going to start with the first article because that's the way you do it. Horizon Zero Dawn surpasses 20 million units sold just a week before the release of Forbidden West. This one comes from Push Square. Horizon Forbidden West hits PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 on February 18th. And it seems players are excited to return to Aloy's journey because its predecessor, Horizon Zero Dawn, just surpassed the milestone 20 million copies sold. I don't think we really need to touch on that more. I definitely just clipped out a little chunk of the article. You can read more if you want, but let's face it, we got to the big part of that article. It surpassed 20 million units. Now I will say that's including Steam sales and, you know, so PC, that's PlayStation 4. I'm sure that's what, but it's supposed to be sold. It's not apparently, you know, because there's like, I know myself, like I got the first one again just for having i think when i upgraded to the ps4 pro they just gave me like a free voucher let's face it this game's been out for like five years it's probably been cheap for a while so that helps it but you know hey it's still an incredible milestone and an achievement and congrats and i really hope this sequel is amazing and i just hope people get what they want yeah i think that like you said it's, it's a big milestone uh i can be honest that i did not contribute to that 20 million units sold i ended up uh, borrowing the game from a friend who had the disc version. So I did not help with that <laughs> number, uh, which tells you kind of my interest in even the sequel, which we've talked about before. But uh, I'm still, yeah, I- I'm sure it'll be fun. I have no doubts mm. that it'll be fun because I did enjoy the first one. But there's something about it that I'm just like, yeah, it's a- another open world game. Eh, I have a thousand of those that I have on backlog that I got to get through. So maybe that's why I'm less interested. I don't know. If if open world games wasn't as a common thing, then maybe this would be a li- little bit more interesting to me. But yeah, I don't know. Not much to say. But it's good that they made their 20 million units. It's a good number. And I guess people are getting excited for the sequel. So they're wanting to go back and play it. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard good things about the Steam version more recently. Because I think when it initially came out, it was rough. I think there was video issues or something like that. I remember I think my buddy said it was like kind of unplayable for a little bit there. But I think it's been patched shortly after that, and I think it runs pretty smooth now, so that's good. All right. Awesome. We're going to move on. Atomic Heart gets fall 2022 release window. This one comes from Game Informer. Munfish's Atomic Heart has been making the rounds in gaming forums since early footage was first showcased in 2018. A retro-futuristic take on 1950s Soviet Russia. The world of Atomic Heart is infested with a rampaging automatons, woolly man bear things gelatinous horrors and much more ign premiered a brand new trailer with an assortment of story beats english localization and a surprise fall 2022 release window i think you and i both watched the trailer for this and i just have to say i my initial reaction is i get bioshock feels from it um because it like the, the the city and environment looks like it's up in the sky or almost looks like I don't know. It just looks very cl- like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It, it reminds me of the third Bioshock up in the infinite. sky. Yeah. Infinite. That's the one. And just the way the abilities work with the glove and whatever. And I don't know. It looks good. I'm interested in it. Um, I don't think this is, I don't think this is a day one purchase for me. Uh, I think I want to wait to see some of the reviews first. Absolutely. Uh, just cause I'm, I, I don't I feel like I've played a game from Munfish before, but I'd have to look it up. So I, I'd have to double check, but yeah, this one's definitely now on my radar. I, I think we did look this one up a while ago. Maybe it was at one of the showcases or I can't remember what event it would have been that we saw this, but 
Maybe it was the Xbox one. I don't remember. But yeah, it looks interesting. That's my uh, initial review. Uh, yeah, so I brought this to your attention. I just happened to see it on my day off, which was Wednesday. And IGN, you know, had a timer for the premiere. And I'm like, oh, it looks whatever. And later, it finally actually unlocked so I could watch it. And after I watched it, I was actually quite surprised. Again, I'm not the biggest first-person shooter guy, but this one did sing to me. And I am very much intrigued. It has my attention. It looks great. It does genuinely look like a next-gen first-person shooter. So I think that's what excited me the most. I like the concept, like the scary robot thing and how now the robot... Not that it's not been done before, clearly, robot takeover, but it just looks unique. And yeah, it definitely felt Bioshock-ish to me. And so I kind of agree with you, but I think you said it the best. And that is, I don't know. I've never, I don't think I've ever played a game from Mudfish, Mudfish, whatever you want to pronounce it. And I don't, I honestly, I tried to look them up even, and I couldn't really find much. So this one speaks to me in the sense that I need to be aware and cautious. And like you said, wait for a review, see if the people I trust like this and then i can make that informed decision later but definitely i would not tell anyone to run out there and just pre-order like a crazy person so yeah i must be getting the company name mixed up with another one that has fish in it because yeah looking at Mundfish, i'm not seeing they don't have a lot of games under their under mm-hmm. their list it's just one vr game yeah i definitely did not play that one well you're gonna go get it now but until you play it now we're moving on Sony unveils Gran Turismo Sophie, a new artificial intelligence that outperforms professional GT drivers. This one comes from Game Informer. So I had to summarize this one quite a bit. It's uh, very detailed, so I recommend reading the actual article if you're interested. But here we go. GT Sophie is an autonomous AI agent trained utilizing a novel deep reinforcement learning platform developed in collaboration between Sony AI, PDI, and SIE. Sony says each group contributed to the success of the project by bringing together expertise in fundamental AI research and development, a hyper-realistic real-world racing simulator, and infrastructure for massive-scale AI training. Sony says Sophie was trained to master the following driving skills needed to compete with championship-level drivers. Race car control, deep understanding of car dynamics, racing lines, and precision maneuvers to conquer challenging tracks. Uh, racing tactics, split-second decision-making skill in response to rapidly evolving racing situations. GT Sophie showed mastery of tactics, including slipstream passing, crossover passes, and even some defensive maneuver maneuvers, such as blocking. Racing etiquette. <laughs> I wonder if GT Sophie flips you off from the <laughs> window. <laughs> that is not racing etiquette, GT Sophie. Essential for fair play, GT Sophie had to conform to highly refined, but imprecisely specified sportsmanship rules including avoiding at-fault collisions and respecting opponents driving lanes and not flipping you off while passing you ah so we got through the full article that was a mouthful but anyway she's already beating pro gran turismo driver uh players so uh, apparently this is being taken very seriously and this ai might actually be the biggest breakthrough in ai in a while and it's crazy because it's for a racing game (laughs) yeah i know it's weird and this also i will note this isn't going to be included in the like the game at launch but it's something they're working to implement 
But if you ever thought that, you know, competition was already too hard in racing games, Sophie's about to step it up a notch. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird because I never, I don't ever sit down and think of the AI for for driving games. It's weird because I feel like a lot of the games that have like the racing games or have the games got built in mechanics for cheating, like Mm. for the AI, because it always feels like there's ways that the AI always boosts up to you. Like there's like there's no in some games there's just no way that they can catch up, but somehow they always boost up to you. One yeah. big one for that I want to use as an example is the uh, Mario Kart. I don't remember what number. Some of the more recent ones, but it, the the game's got built-in mechanics that if you're like way ahead of people, there's like easy ways to catch up and and, and get destroyed by these AI. And it doesn't even have to be AI. That game somehow has, has it built in that players can pass you. Because they keep getting like certain weapons, like the the weapons they get are gonna always hit the player in first place. So it's like you don't want to be first place in the game; you want to be second place right up until the, like the last lap. So mm. I never think of AI and driving games as like complex, but I guess this is uh, gonna be pretty revolutionary. I, I mean, I already get destroyed by in most driving games uh, <laughs> from certain games. Um, but yeah, this one's uh if any game's going to have some sort of revolutionary driving thing, I I would expect it to be Gran Turismo. So mm-hmm. No, quite impressive. Uh very interested. I can't wait to see you know what more comes from this. So I mean, until then though, I guess we'll just keep going forward. Sifu updates to include difficulty settings and accessibility options. Uh, this one comes from Push Square, so this will allow Steve to actually be able to beat the levels. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know what, you know, easy to some people, right? Like, is it Dark Souls? And they're like, well, yeah. Sekiro's easy, and it's like, okay. This one comes from Twitter. Hosting gaming accessibility advocate Steve Saylor. Hey, so it's weird. I get to break news, but yes, Sifu is getting accessibility updates post-launch. Uh, th- these updates include better captions, High contrast mode on PS4 and 5. Uh, This was on PC, but not on the consoles at launch due to a bug. And difficulty modes, both easier and harder, uh, similar to Metroid Dread's update, I guess. For those that are So there we go, Chris. Uh, Neither one of us have played this, but this is very, you know, I'm very excited to hear this. It's welcome news, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, for the little bits that I'm hearing about the game, that it is fairly difficult. So, uh, I think you you know more about some of those stories. Yes, I I've heard many of people literally say like people that. Uh, so one particular a friend of mine brought to my attention was he he said one of the guys he follows in games media, Platinum Bloodborne, and he thinks this game's way harder. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Bloodborne's the hardest one. I actually, for some reason, I mesh with that one. I find it one of the easier Souls games. But I've had other people, too, where Sekiro is definitely the hardest Souls game to me. And they like a lot of people have said this is much harder than that. And that, mm. that game actually gives you a fair chance in combat with some colored warnings. And this game doesn't give you any of that. So yeah. I think this is very welcome uh, and hopefully will make my approach at this a little easier. This game's definitely interested me for a while. Just some of the game mechanics of it are unique uh, mm-hmm. to say. So I I am watching this one. I feel like I'm I 
I'm not paying full price, so <laughs> I can say that. I'm definitely going to wait for a price drop or maybe this one will become a PS Plus game at some point. It might be too soon for that. Um, but that's what I'm holding out for. Maybe I'll wait to see what you say about the game. Smart call. Smart call. Infinity War discusses Warzone Chapter 2 and confirms Modern Warfare sequel. This one comes from VGC. This year's Call of Duty title will launch with a sandbox mode, although no details about this mode were given. Also revealed was that future integrations of Call of Duty's titles into Warzone should be smoother now that all teams are working on the same engine, Chris. Finally, we're getting there. Uh, Patrick Kelly mentioned that he hopes in the new chapter of Warzone that no two matches play the same and to let players define what winning looks like, which, you know, <laughs> I feel like I already, I already did because when I got last place, I just pretend I win. Uh, Activision also confirmed that the Call of Duty 2022 game will be a sequel to 2019's Modern Warfare, which, you know, what we, we said that many times. It's just going to be Modern Warfare 2, and then they're going to pretend that the pre-existing Modern Warfare 2 never existed. Well, I don't, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, okay. I was going to make a joke saying, but that's not what we usually say. We usually say, well, it's not that original Modern Warfare, because this is a different Modern Warfare, because they yeah. don't know how to name their shit. Yeah. That's, no, that's, become, our cat, uh, that's become our catchphrase. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, and that's, maybe that's how they're going to name them now, 2019's Modern Warfare, and then, they're, which, they're which the won't be the, the same title. as 2024's modern warfare <laughs> <laughs> once again activision doesn't know how to name shit no so anyway there you go you got i mean we kind of already knew this existed we talked about this last week or the week before that and it's interesting uh especially the war zone to get you know a new version so quickly you know the other ones yeah. only existed i think it literally came out when we started this podcast so it's been less than two years to, like right now I like the comment about no two matches play the same. Like, let's besides the cheating, which I think is from what I hear, it's gotten <laughs> better because of the new system that they're using. I think yeah. it's been broken since then, but who knows? I the no two matches play the same. The problem with that is that I still have to bash Activision because what they do is they release like a new gun that becomes the new meta. And everybody's using that same gun because it just destroys because it's super unbalanced. So saying no two matches play the same, they got to get their shit together and balance their game properly. Because this is, I've constantly been hearing stories about it's like, oh yeah, this new gun's out in uh, Call of Duty Warzone and you can just snipe a person from a mile away. And it's like, what the hell? And it's a freaking pistol or something. <laughs> like it's, yeah. I don't know. They that's the problem is like they've got to get their balancing down like you're a freaking shooter game you've been shooter company for the last umpteen years like come on come on makes me angry I I don't have the experience you do with it so I'm just gonna take everything you say and uh, echo that uh, with no evidence whatsoever and yeah hopefully they get their stuff together and it does sound like you know Infinity Ward agrees that there does need to be some changes and. I think in other articles, they talk about how they're disappointed with the current war zone, like you're saying. I don't know for those exact reasons, but it probably, I assume, some of that Take it, it touches break. on. Take your break before number two comes out. Like, breathe. Yeah, I think we've had enough of Activision's number twos, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, wordplay. So, yeah, I don't think there's there's much more to talk about that. I mean, we'll, we'll come back to Call of Duty. Trust me. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Distressing horror. Martha is dead, censored on PS4, PS5. 
This one comes from Push Square. We do not write the names of the articles. Martha is Dead will be censored on the PS5 and 4. Publisher Wired Productions has announced the potentially distressing horror game will release unedited on other platforms like Xbox and PC, but the company states that it, in quotes, is with regret we have had to modify the experience on Sony's consoles with some elements no longer playable. As a result of the last minute changes, the physical version of Martha is Dead has been delayed, although the digital version will still be available on the PlayStation Store on February 24th. According to Wired Productions, it anticipates the re retail release to be available within weeks of its originally intended release date, so it's not like there's going to be a huge postponement if you prefer to own your games on Blu-ray. Chris, we need to, uh, yeah, we need to stop everything. This upsets me deeply. I think we've heard a few examples of Sony's censorship and yeah, more censoring. And I don't know why Sony needs to do this and why they seem to, mm, what is the term I'm looking for? The word I'm looking for, Chris, the, I don't uh, know the specific word, but it's like get involved. They've, it's almost like, um, not a longing, but like yearning, a feeling. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. It's like Yearn. a yearning for PlayStation, like, just has to F with these games. And I, I don't know how to say it any simpler than that. It's, they're just, I don't know. They just seem to do this. And no one else is doing this. Even Nintendo censors games less recently. And I'm just so flabbergasted the why they bother and to waste this effort, the time, the resources. Now this company has to postpone the hard copies I don't or the physical copies whatever you want to call it and it just seems so stupid and unnecessary I guess would be the greatest way to put this like I don't know about your own uh interpretations of this but I just don't understand like you know I I really would love to get the update which Push Squares is trying to get and it sounds like they want to know the specifics of the scene that needs to be censored or at least by Sony's viewpoint needs to be censored and even if they come up with some horrifying scene, I, I just, I really don't know if it's going to be as bad as, you know, some of these other games we've already played on their console. Yeah, I know it's, it's weird. I wish they wouldn't get involved. It kind of pisses me off. Uh, I understand censorship when it comes to countries that have very specific censorship rules. Um, specifically, China's got some major rules. I think maybe Australia has a couple of uh, censorship things. Yes. Uh, North America. I don't know what they would be if they would have rules. I'm trying to think of games that I've played and you see some pretty gruesome stuff on some of the games. So I don't know what rules we would have would have here. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird to me. Like if the, it would have been nice if they had said they were going to be censoring it on all the systems, not just, PlayStation. I well, don't, I don't like, really want to hear that though, because yeah. I don't, I don't think just do it. But if they do, do it behind the scenes. Don't even yes. tell us that they're doing it, because once we know but there's content Sony. removed, then we're gonna be wanting it. Yeah, and I, yeah, and like it is just Sony. It, apparently, if you buy this on PC or Microsoft uh, consoles, you're not gonna get the censorship. You're gonna get the true intended version, and that's why it sucks for me to say like I was somewhat interested in this game or. I, to say it more correctly, I was so interested in watching Chris play this game <laughs> and uh, because it looks horrifying. Like, I know I'm going to be too scared and I know I'm a little baby boy, but that's just who I am. I, I'm attracted to these horror games, but I'm also 
terrified like even by the trailers but i don't know i don't know why i want to be hurt <laughs> by these games but either way it looked amazing i was very interested and now it's sad to say that sony's not getting my money and i absolutely will be watching chris plays on the pc instead <laughs> and demanding that that's where he spends his money because i want the real version if you're hoping to get the legit version of this game on the sony console your best bet is when you <clears throat> when you buy it digitally disable the auto updates instantly so that it won't get updates that's your only chance now that might not work if there's a day one patch then you're already screwed if there's a day one patch that already fixes this issue you're not going to be able to get this the original version but if it if, if it's after slightly after then that it would be your only chance at getting the true version of the game is to disable the auto updater uh, as soon as you can download the game but yeah, the likelihood that the day one patch will get this is probably pretty high. I'm already scared just by the phrasing they're using that it's going to be in the original file. Like you're not even, oh, it's not going to get past Sony until that's possible, patch. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, looking at the game, I don't need to experience this game on console or PC. Like it's not, it doesn't matter to me what I play this one on specifically. Mm. So I'm okay with this being on PC. I'm just unhappy with how Sony is treating this situation. And they've done it yeah, before, absolutely. but I can't remember specifics. Do you remember what other ones they've I, done in the past? It's typically these types of games. I, 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 I thought it was more Japanese games that were coming over, yeah. and I don't know why Sony was choosing to do those either. I can't remember the types of games they were, but um, I think they were a little more adult risque games. If, if I am remembering correctly, I, I haven't done my research. Uh, you can it's tell. been a couple times they've stepped in. Mm -hmm. but it was never a game that affected me directly but yeah. now i'm like okay you guys are just unnecessarily taking these steps and you're going to alienate your fan base and stop it anyway we got to move forward to arguably the biggest probably yeah i'd say the biggest article we have this week chris and that is microsoft confirms call of duty popular activision blizzard titles will remain multi-platform beyond current agreements this one comes from game informer a new blog post by Microsoft further clarifies its commitment to keeping Activision Blizzard titles multi-platform. The post, which discusses a new set of Microsoft Store principles in preparation for the Activision acquisition approval process, says the following. To be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. And we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. We are also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. We believe this is the right thing for the industry, for gamers, and for our business. Now, before I move forward, I will specify that these words did not come from Phil Spencer himself. And you can see that in the fact that they make sense and they're coherent. And it's not a goddamn mystery that's hidden within a word search, which is hidden in the worst Wordle and, uh, or Woodle or whatever that game's called. That's driving me insane. And yeah, it's not riddles and enigmas like Phil Spencer you would usually give us. So it is nice to finally get something cohesive from them. Um, and then a little bit more information. It's still somewhat speculation, but a lot of people are saying, you know, because they're saying Activision Blizzard that you are most likely you can feel safe at night knowing that you're probably going to get Overwatch, Diablo, Crash Bandicoot or any of those others on multiple consoles. The only thing I would say, kind of like Starfield, 
I would say you're probably not going to get any new IPs from Activision Blizzard on like PlayStation. But hey, if you were a Call of Duty fan, this is probably your time to breathe a breath of relief or a, what is it? The sigh of relief? Yeah, this is your time to do a sigh of relief. And yeah, I think we can all declench our buttholes and can we? So when I read this, my head's going to the business side and they're saying place they're going to the titles will be available on PlayStation through the, the term of any existing agreement with Activision. And we've committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement. So now on the business side of things, I'm like this next agreement for the future games. I have a feeling now maybe I'm just looking at it like pessimistically or something, but I feel like they're going to screw Sony. Like it's like, remember our previous agreement for all the call of duties. I don't know how those agreements are laid out. It's like, okay, X amount of money to do this, blah, 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 blah. I feel like now the future ones, it's like, ha, we put this comment out to make it seem like we're doing the right thing, but secretly the paperwork behind the scenes, we want triple the money that we would to put our games on your system. I'm wondering, I'm worried that this is going to be something that's going to be in the background that we're not going to see. And then Sony's going to be like, we can't afford to put, pay you guys to put Call of Duty on our system. Maybe, maybe I'm just going down a rabbit hole here. I don't know. I would disagree with you only because the backlash that Microsoft would get from saying this and then being like Sony declining the new agreement. And then they're going to like Microsoft and but Sony are going to come it? out looking. Oh, like well, they don't tell us because well, we would see that they we would see that they wouldn't get do the agreement, but yes. we wouldn't see what the agreement was. No, we wouldn't see what the agreement is. But then Microsoft now looks like an asshole because they promised us all these Call of Duties, and now suddenly we don't get any of these Call of Duties on PlayStation. Will it be Microsoft that looks like the asshole, or will it be Sony that looks like the asshole for not paying for it? I don't know. I just don't think. I, don't know. I, I just think if you're Microsoft, you aren't going to come out and say, "Hey, Sony's going to keep getting these Call of Duties," and then later be like. Well, actually, we made it so, and obviously they're not going to say this part, but we made it so expensive that they couldn't afford to have it. You're still going to come out looking like you lied again. And I just, I, I honestly, one of the main reasons I think they're even doing this is because of all the negative backlash that people are still, well, they're probably still hearing just about Bethesda alone, uh, oh, all these yeah. other games and that they're mistreating, like uh, Psychonauts 2 not getting a PS5 version just because it's a different console. Well, and Phil um, Spencer's wishy-washy talk all the time is like, he always Absolutely. leaves everything up in the air to like, but we're not getting any clear responses on like well, and, what's going on. And I would like to further explain that I honestly think this is partly too to them being investigated and it coming out that they will be investigated for this purchase. And, you know, Microsoft, you know, right away instantly goes to like, well, we'd still only be like number three for earnings behind Sony. So this is totally fair. I'm like, yeah, but you're going to own more developing studios than them. And the fact that you'd still place thir uh, third sorry, uh, is just more disappointing of your business practices, honestly. Yeah. So I I'll just end by saying, I hope I'm wrong. Maybe at my mind is just going to a bad place and it won't be that situation. But yeah, let, let's hope not. Let, let's hope I would not. bet it's a good pizza that that is not going to be the case. A pizza. Okay. Okay, a pizza. That's a that's a good bet. I'll, I'll right. The pizza. I I feel like nobody loses in that deal because either way we both eat pizza. <laughs> <laughs> either way we both. Well, do I have to share the pizza? No, no I'm gonna buy you a pizza and then you're just gonna eat it in front of me. <laughs> and I get none. you have to have it delivered to my house and you have to watch <laughs> on Discord as I eat the entirety. <laughs> I 
firmly believe that this is another step that Microsoft wants. Like, okay, so we didn't really talk about how they, they want to bring Call of Duty to Switch now. So I'm like, that's another huge thing. I, honestly, all of this, I really, like we talked about this before. I think they want Game Pass on everything. And now that Sony's talked about Bungie being multi-platform, uh, uh, now Call of Duty's multi-platform, possibly a lot of other Blizzard properties, multi-platform, Diablo, Overwatch, all that stuff. I, I'm like, is this like this, the beginnings of, you know how like it, it was a, a slow trickle to cross play? And it took, you know, a few years, but we got there and almost everything cross play ish. Is this now game services are slowly going to be like introduced to everyone. And that's how we're going to keep this fair play of ownership of all these developers. Honestly, Nintendo, I, I can't see them doing it because it's just why mm-hmm. they're in their own multiverse of their own making Sony, even Sony. It's like. I don't feel like they're in a position where they're at the point yet where they need to have an Xbox Game Pass option on PlayStation. Yeah, I, I don't think they're there yet because they're still leading for the most part. Um, I don't see that changing any much, very much. Um, unless, of course, like Xbox was doing the dirty thing by pulling all the exclusives away. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's the I, it's the sign of I'm things like, to come. Is this the first drop of water in my water bowl that, like, yeah, will eventually lead to, you know, the sharing of these services? And that's just how I kind of look at it. Because you know, I don't otherwise, want that. no, I don't I, want I, it from either. the per, I, from I the personal wanna... side of things. I yeah, I don't even want to look at it in the business side of things. Personally, I don't want to yeah. see a button on my system that says Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> It's allowed to say pass, and that's it. Uh, no, I don't want to see that. Maybe that's as in me being I'll, a Sony guy. I, I just keep as keep in it separate. I'll I'll pass on this service. That's all it's allowed. I'll pass to. by the button. I yeah. I don't know. Sony would probably rather do their own service, Game Pass service, before allowing Xbox onto theirs. So mm-hmm. moving on, new PlayStation Five beta firmware pins PS Plus icon to the start of the home screen. This one comes from Push Square. The next PlayStation system update will give PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 owners more control over group chats. Yay! Such as the option to create private chats, as well as several other accessibility and quality of life features, Sony announced on Tuesday. The new features will be tested out in a beta that launches on Wednesday. The changes mean that group chats on both PS4 and 5 will have the option to be an open or closed party according to a post on the PlayStation blog. An open party allows the host's friends to see and join the party without being invited, and also allows the friends of party members to join too. A closed party means only invited players may join. It's kind of weird that this isn't a thing. (laughs) I'm just saying that, like, how is this not a thing right now? Voice commands with the PlayStation 4 has had since its launch will come to the PlayStation 5 with the system update too. The beta also brings new accessibility features like mono audio for headphones, as well as screen reader text support in six more languages. PS5 owners will get voice chat reporting and a refreshed user interface on the home screen and in the trophies tracker as well. Well, I think you heard it in the way I said the article. How is this not a thing in 2022? Uh, I don't know. A closed party and an open party. I like, I'm kind of blown away that that's, I don't know, it's nuts. 
Uh, does Xbox have these problems? Somebody let us know. I'm still more interested in the combined features with the Discord app uh, and what's going to happen with that. I think these changes are probably going to be in tune with Discord. Maybe not right away, but I feel like it's going to be more so this. So uh, let's call this the communications update for PlayStation. So I don't know. It's good. I think these are options that are obvious dust type of scenarios. But hey, at least we're getting them now. Uh, voice commands. I don't use the voice commands. I think I disable that feature. Uh, maybe when I'm playing games, I say the word PlayStation too many times. I don't know. I have no feelings. This seems very minimal. Uh, I'm not excited by any of this. I'm, I, you know, I welcome any improvement, but I just, I look at this. I'm like, okay, it's a little disappointing. I, I thought this would be another, bi- yeah, like just. Well, and just, you know, I thought there'd be, you know, the one feature that'd be like big, like, you know, I think people have brought up like variable refresh rates and Sony promised that eventually and they're still not talking about it. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, me as like a media guy, you know, where's Dolby Atmos or Vision? You know, we don't have that support still. Um, Yeah, just a lot of disappointment still on the PS5. And if anything, I I would just say this is more of just quality of life. Yeah. Like, it's not amazing features that we oh I kind of expect at this point. It's just quality of life stuff. For sure. And I think that's why we need to move on. Resident Evil 4's remake will reportedly be announced soon. This one comes from VGC. That's according to a new Fanbyte report corroborating of a VGC report from last year, which claims Capcom is planning to adjust the tone of the classic Resi game. I hate that. <laughs> Let me just preface. I hate that. Instead of developing a short, a shot for shot remake of the original title, Fanbyte now reports that one of the elements that will change is that the game's opening sequence will take place at night. In quotes, in Resident Evil 4 Remake, the famous village introduction set piece takes place at night, as does a decent portion of the rest of the game, the, publica- the publication states. Fanbyte also reports that Capcom hopes to reveal the game this year. Uh, not a lot to go off there. Just, you know, little snippets. None of those changes seem that crazy. I ha- I did have uh, hear or read one thing that some people claim. And again, these are all rumors. So take it with a grain of salt. But that uh, they want to implement more Mr. X like content in this game. So there'd be that ever present fear of some character coming at you. I don't know if it'd be like, but the remake, would it be the chainsaw guy? Like, I don't chainsaw know. Chainsaw guy or the Duke, maybe? Mm-hmm. But that would be a big change to have him running around. Although, it would, it's doable. Yeah, I'm not sure. That would, it would, he's pretty creepy. So that would be an interesting thing he's to have. He's got the size. You. That makes sense. The intro being night is kind of interesting because, like, a good portion of the game is in the daytime. It switches to nighttime, I believe, after the lake sequence, I think, is when it shifts to nighttime. Mm. So there, there's a bit of gameplay before it switches. So I'm, I'm just in my head, I'm picturing doing that initial village sequence with the chainsaw guy chasing you. But at nighttime, that seems kind of creepier. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, in a remake, we want changes, right? Like, yeah. we want the same principle of the story, but, you know... I, I pray it's something as amazing as Resident Evil 2 and hope for that. That's that's if they can hit that bar. Whew. But I mean we've talked about this in the past. This game was already good in the like 
I could sit down and play Resident Evil 4 today and I'd still be happy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is one of those that I'm like, I'm not sure if it needed a remake. I would have been more um, pleased to hear about the Code Veronica. We've both yeah. agreed on that. Yeah. I just think, you know, if you weighed which one needs a remake more currently, it's definitely Veronica. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. I know more people are going to be thrilled by this. So it, it makes sense to me in a business perspective. So it's fine. But anyway, we've got to keep moving on. We're running late, so we're going to move on to the next article. Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition is coming in April. This one comes from VGC. Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition will be released on April 7th. It will also come with a remaster of the Radical Dreamers Le Tresor Interdit. Sorry, I am not French. This was originally exclusive to the Satellaview, a satellite add-on for the Super Famicom in Japan and is a text adventure detailing more of the Chrono Cross storyline. From what I've heard, it's actually pretty decent. So, uh, This marks the first time the Radical Dreamers has been available in a language other than Japanese. Uh, the remaster includes a number of new features designed to improve the experience. Uh, these include the ability to turn off enemy encounters whenever needed, and the newly enhanced soundtrack. Now, from what I'm hearing... People are not pleased with what they've been seeing. And I saw little bits of it and I wasn't that impressed. So it gets to that conversation that we've had in the past about what is a remake? What is a remaster? What is like just the terminology of things? And this isn't even really any of those, right? It's the Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. So they're not saying remaster or remake in the name of the title. And I don't know if they've dropped those words specifically. Maybe, maybe no, remaster. See, I think the rumors messed us up. And the rumors, yeah. one source would say remake and the other one was saying remaster. Uh, now, I would say too, this yeah. categorizes more in the remaster. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, you're hearing enhanced audio. And then, you know, I hear that. And even though it's a cop out, yeah, I guess that's remastering something. Yeah. Uh, you added new features. I guess that classifies under remaster. So fine. It's a remaster, but does the disappointment that this isn't a remake? Yes. Uh, do you waste the remake on this and instead maybe use the remake on Chrono Trigger? I could hear that argument, but we don't know anything about the Chrono Trigger. Like, is Are they going to do anything with that property? Is that going to be a remake? Is that just another crappy remaster like this? There's so many more questions than we have answers. Yeah. So I think people had, maybe with the rumors, even me, I think I got excited of what this could be. And I think we got the reveal of what it is. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's what that sinking pit in my stomach is. Well, and it's just like, if you're not going to put the work into that, I don't think it's a good excuse when you're just like, well, we're going to tack on this text adventure. And I'm like, okay, great. That adds more story to like this universe. Fine. But for someone like me that's never played Chrono Cross before, does this make me want to go get it day one? Absolutely not. There's not one thing I heard other than I can turn turn off like enemy encounters when I want. Okay, that's great, but you know, typically I'm a grinder in my old school RPGs, so I, I don't know if I'd use that feature. Yeah, maybe in certain points where you just want to get to the final boss or something. Great. I, I just don't know. I, I yeah, this is another one where I'm like, I think you missed the mark, and it's. I hope there are people though that are truly happy, and like anyone that saw this brought a little wave of nostalgia joy and glee into their eye i don't know but for me yeah this isn't a selling feature i'll tell you that i'm very curious what the price point's going to be on this one 
Like if it's more than like thirty nine ninety nine, I think we're gonna have a problem. You know what this is? This is a Game Pass ass game. That's what this is. This is coming to the Switch too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was announced specifically for the Switch, but we found out it's coming for PS4 as well. What an announcement. So we're going to move on from that just such exciting train ride to another train disaster. And that is Rumor, a new smaller Assassin's Creed game will focus on stealth in late 2022 or 2023. This one comes from Push Square. Uh, Already a great start to not knowing what the hell is about to happen. Ubisoft has a new Assassin's Creed game in development, according to a fresh report by Bloomberg's ever-reliable Jason Schreier. Sources say that this title, codenamed Rift, will abandon the open-world structure of the most recent Assassin's Creed game and will focus on stealth-based gameplay. It sounds like Ubisoft may be taking to the series back to its roots, at least for a time. Uh, Interestingly, the report states that Basim, one of Assassin's Creed Valhalla's key characters, will be Rift's lead. What's more, it's said that the game started life as an expansion for Valhalla, but was branched out into its own thing to help fill Ubisoft's relatively thin release schedule. And to be clear, this isn't the long-rumored Assassin's Creed Infinity. Rift will supposedly launch before the supposed live service title at some point in either late 2022 or 2023. Eurogamer has backed all of this up to adding that the publication has heard of Rift. It was previously told that the game could feature the city, yeah, the city of Baghdad as a setting, but things may have changed since then. So, Chris, we got through it. I... Just looking at the, I don't know, the utter sadness and removal of all joy in your eyes, I could see that. I don't think this really hit you that well. Well, um, I am not, I have not, like, okay, I'm I'm pretty deep into Assassin's Creed. I, I Maybe not as far as I think I am because the game just seems never ending. But I'm not a fan of this character that much. Um, I don't hate him don't care really to be honest he's just a character there that's always seems to be in the middle of the story uh so that's not interesting for me that much um this kind of makes sense because i don't think they're ready to get this uh new live service assassin's assassin's creed hitting the ground running very quick so i feel like this game is definitely going to be a filler to get you between now and when that uh, uh, live service title is ready to come out. So I don't know. It depends. I've never really, as far as I know, I haven't played any of the, like, the side standalone stories in the Assassin's Creed, um, whatever you want to call it, massive amounts of games. I don't think I've played any of the side one-offs. So I'd be curious to see how well it does. Am I interested in I'm I'm a the only thing that makes it seem a little bit more interesting to me is if they are actually moving away from the open world structure. Like they say that they're they're gonna abandon the open world structure, but like how much? Like is it is it are we talking just about a straight linear story? Cause maybe that would do well in Assassin's Creed type of structure. I don't know. Maybe that's something that'll be changed up and make it interesting. I I don't know. It's weird that they say they have to focus on stealth-based gameplay. Assassin's Creed game. Stealth. Oh, my God. And that, That's new. That was the weird thing in the whole article itself, too, where they're like, oh, they're going back to form with the, the or back to the roots. 
And I'm like, no, like Assassin's Creed, at least in my opinion, has always failed in the stealth like genre or the stealth aspect of the gameplay where I feel like other than their very specific designed assassination things, you know, like Assassin's Creed three speak like it's the one that shoots up in my mind first where it's like you have to find this specific tree and if you do that and you climb it to the very tip then you do the instant kill and then like that's the stealth element otherwise like there is almost no stealth and that's why a welcome reprieve from like their i'd say lack of stealth elements was these last three where it's like okay you can hide in bushes and you do like wall grabs and it wasn't enough, in my opinion, to be like a full blown like you know. It's not like I'd compare it to Splinter Cell, but at the same point, at least it made improvements in stealth. So this one saying it's going to branch out of that to go more stealth. I'm like, okay, as long as you're actually going to be real stealth. But if you're going back to the original Assassin's Creed uh, gameplay, then I just yeah, I'm worried and I'm perplexed. I feel like they've gotten a little bit lazier in some of the stealth aspects. Um, like I remember playing some of the older ones where there was always tons of crowds of people that you could like walk in and, you know, you'd be camouflaged walking in the crowds, but all the more recent games, it's like you can hire a group of people to walk with you and then you just walk wherever you want and they, they follow you. I don't know. I feel like that's just gotten a little bit lazier in my opinion. Um, do you recall these? Like you, you can hire I, I those do know groups. what you're saying. Like the, the crowd was more of and like yeah it was definitely part of the game there's definitely supposed to be more people more populated cities yeah uh, and that's what was supposed to make you kind of like when you're doing the parkour stuff you're trying to like almost not bump into the, people yeah exactly yeah. so i i yeah i guess you're right in that one aspect but i feel like the other mechanics were just very crap and i don't think very clunky, elevated yeah. stealth whatsoever yeah you could be standing two feet above I mean, a guy and they don't see if, you. <laughs> if we're talking about the fusion of the two systems, then great. More population, uh, more crowd work, hiding amongst people uh, with all the other cool things that the other games brought in. Then fine. Totally. Like if you're going the correct side, because I like let's maybe I'm not being clear, but like I want a more sto- a stealth focused Assassin's Creed like that does interest me. Um, I'm not a fan of this character whatsoever. Like you were I think your exact phrase, if I'm getting it right, or quote was. I don't hate him. I think I do hate him. At least everything I've seen in the story so far, like it seems like every cutscene, I just want to punch him in the face. If yeah. that was an option, I'd hit it every time. Yeah. So the fact that I have to play him does not interest me whatsoever. I was saying before we start recording, I, I think I'd be more interested to play the apprentice dude. The one that kind yeah, of, actually, just, the one uh, that yeah, works in one of your houses and just supports you. I would be more interested in his story, like 30 years in the future for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know but it's not our call. Yeah. Well, and we can move on to our last article, I believe. Yes, it is. The Wolf Among Us 2 gets first trailer and 2023 launch window. This one comes from Game Informer. I guess I'm going to have to go check that out. I did not know about that one. During a special live stream hosted by Jeff Keighley, The Wolf Among Us 2's first trailer premiered along with a release window of 2023. Keeley sat down with Telltale's designers and voice actors to spill the beans on what's in store for the long-awaited second season. The Wolf Among Us 2 takes place six months after the first season, still well before the Fables comic series it's based on. Big B Wolf has been suspended from his role as Sheriff on Fable Town by his new boss, Snow White. This is funny that I'm just saying these words. 
who has mm-hmm. <laughs> who has become the deputy mayor overseeing a reformed administration. Cut loose and in anger management, Telltale says much of the tale revolves around Bigby having to discover his own definitions of good and evil as he meets a New York City detective and assists them on a difficult new case. Players can expect to bump into returning faces and newcomers, including characters from The Wizard of Oz, such as the Scarecrow and Tin Man. The game has been rebuilt in Unreal. What? Instead of Telltale's old gameplay engine. I'm re- <laughs> you can tell by my reaction. This is the first time my I'm reading PS4 this. My PS4 just crashed when you said that. Yeah, I know. Telltale won't divulge gameplay specifics. Uh, being the fact that's Unreal Engine, what more do you need to tell us? I'm sold. Mm-hmm. The Wolf Among Us was a great game. Uh, it's kind of funny where they're telling us that it's like players will expect, uh, will be able to remember some of the people. Dude, that was, I don't even remember how many years ago that I played that game. Like, I'd have to replay that game to remember anything, I think. <laughs> you know what's sad? I can remember almost all of it. You do? It, and it only because it's, it's my favorite Telltale game. It, yeah, it's definitely up there. By sure. a freaking leap and a mile. I yeah. love this game. I love the story. It's everything that Steve, um, the detective stuff, the fables. I loved it. Werewolf stuff. I'm in. The decisions were awesome. I remember ripping off one of the characters' arms, and then just for the rest of the show, he's just a one-armed dude. And I'm like, awesome. You let me make that decision. And, you know, not that they'd show that character, like, every three scenes or anything, but in later episodes, you're like, hey, how's that one arm doing? (laughs) Not well? Awesome. And just stuff like that. I don't know. It spoke to me. I loved it. What can I say? I've been wanting this sequel forever. Um, If we're going to talk about issues, though, uh, well, maybe let's start with the pros, because I'm never positive. So, Unreal Engine 4, awesome. Let's do it. No more of this crap. You know, we make jokes and we jest, but... The original Telltale engine was just garbage. Uh, how many games mean you both like Game of Thrones, Batman, uh, so many of these other games. Uh, Borderlands wasn't too bad for me. But again, I think I played that way out. So maybe it was updated better. But even, you know, tell like the Wolf Among Us, like I think it was episode two or three that gave me the most problems. Um, so their engine's always been garbage and it's one of their downfalls uh, for sure. And that's why they had to be restructured and everything. Um, so yeah, no, really good to hear that. But then the negative is this is still going to be episodic. Yeah. And I just, in this day and age, who's still doing episodic stuff? And there's a reason no one's doing it. Hitman tried it. And right after the first game, they cut that crap out real quick. And I just, I don't understand who wants this. I, I just, I hate, I, I, I forget what the original timeline was. What the Wolf Among Us originally, I do remember they had one of the biggest delays ever. I think it was episode one, and then it was almost like three or four months until episode two. And that's another great concern why I don't like episodic stuff. But even if it was once a month, like we're talking about two to three hour episodes, and then you wait a whole month and then you try to remember what you're doing again. I just, you know, so right away, if they're going to do this, I'm absolutely going to play this game. But that kind of like, and they're not going to like hearing this, but I'm just going to wait till you release all of them. And then they'll probably be cheaper as a whole bundle. And then I can just play it all at once. Like it should be. Yeah, no, I really like the first one. Uh, I'm excited to see what they can do with the Unreal Engine. I hope they have the skills to back up that. (laughs) I assume they've gone through some restructuring, right? So let's hope they know what they're doing in that regards. But yeah, I, the episodic thing's kind of old. Uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of it. Especially when I think most of the game's probably already done 
before even they get to the episodic thing. Like, I'm, I have a feeling that a lot of the episodes are already, like, done, and they're just separating the episodes. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But for some of the games, it feels like they're broken apart not well. So, I don't know. Uh, I, am, I'm, I think I'm, what I'm most excited... Well, no, there's a lot of things I'm excited for. Like, I'm excited for the, this game getting a sequel, like you say, and, and just the Unreal Engine. So I'm kind of yes. hype. I'm kind of hype right now. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's great. I wish, you know, I wish it was sooner, obviously. But, you know, check out the trailer for yourself. I, you know, it's funny. He's fighting Tin Man and the Scarecrow. And I just at one point, I think he sets the Scarecrow on fire. It's horrifying. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I liked it. It's, uh, it's cute. It's fun. I, I like all the Fable things. Let's do it. I'm interested to see how the dynamics have changed since we've last been there, which has been years now. I can't even remember when I was playing that game. So. Anyway, I'm excited for it. Chris, you're excited for it, but we need to move on. So we're moving on to review roundup. This is where we get all the scores from Metacritic, and we just let you know how they're doing on reviews. Sifu on PS5, 80 on a critic score. That's 54 positive, 9 mixed, and 2 negatives. And user score sitting at 8.5, and that's a total of 70 ratings. So doing pretty good, pretty good, even though it's uh, one of the hardest games. It sounds like possibly of all time. (laughs) Bold claim. King of Fighters 15. This one comes from this one's on PS5. Sitting at an 81 critic score, 14 positive, two mixed. There you go. One that's confused me and Chris, Edge of Eternity. Uh, I think it recently got out of early access and it's on the PS5. Sitting at a 56 critic score, not doing so well. One positive, five mixed, two negative. Uh, You know, there you go. Uh, Look into it uh me and chris have your research conflicting thoughts and then the last one it's not a it's not a playstation game i apologize but last arc we had to throw it in there because we're both excited about this game we're both enjoying it currently it's on pc sitting at 82 critic score 22 positive two mixed pretty good pretty good two more positive from us there you go exactly so 24 positive there you go uh homework what is homework homework is when we don't have enough time in the show and that's definitely clear on today's episode because we're past the hour mark that we like to keep we give you all the article names where you can find those articles and then you go educate yourselves so starting this week is assassin's creed valhalla new six minute dawn of ragnarok overview trailer release this one comes from game informer i've watched said video it looks interesting i'm not going to pick it up again i think assassin's creed valhalla like chris said already has too much content so maybe i don't need this and I'm not going to pay more money for more content that I don't want. So, you know, but if you're into it, get it. It looks cool if you're into the, the mythos of uh, Ragnarok and uh, Norse mythology. Get it. Uh, Uncharted director's next project is a Jack and Daxter movie. This one comes from Game Informer. I don't, you know, uh, I plead the fifth. No comment. I don't, whatever. Jack and Daxter is not for me. And a Jack and Daxter movie. Uh, I'm not sure if it's for anyone. <laughs> I assume it's got to be Ryan Reynolds. Anything with a character like that's got to be right. They're already talking. I think that Tom Holland might be signed on again. Oh, so Sony finds. Yeah, Sony does do that. They find one success story and then latch onto them. Good God. Like everything that Sony makes is going to have Tom Holland now. Um, Platinum Games will release a Babylon's Fall PlayStation demo this month. This one comes from VGC. So there you go. You can play the demo of a probably already dead game. <laughs> I'm calling it. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just doesn't all look good. I don't see this thing having longevity. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm not. 
A major Souls exploit that took servers offline to be made public before Elden Ring. This one comes from VGC. I am very interested in this, Chris. I need to know what this exploit is. What's going on? It sounds like they are going to answer some of our questions. And sooner than later, hopefully, we'll figure out what's going on. Gravity Rush's director would like to make a third game and bring the series to PC. This one comes from VGC. So Beyond Good and Evil 2 is probably never going to happen. This one comes from Push Square. I don't know too much about that one. Do you know anything about that? You know, it's a sequel to Beyond Good and Evil 1, and I never played it. I've I've always heard about it, and the people that love it are truly passionate about it, but, you know, even from the little snippets and concept art I've seen in the sequel, I just, you know, I just, I don't know, it doesn't speak to me, and I don't know. I, I'm sad for the people that this is going to upset. Battlefield 2042 refund petition collects 70,000 signatures. This one comes from Game Informer. The problem is, is those 70,000 people are still playing the freaking game. Like, if you're going to sign this thing, don't play it. I got two pieces of news for you. I got this late. It's past, like, 130,000 yeah, signatures now. now yeah. And on Steam, apparently this game has already lost 96% of its players. 4% too much still. It is 4% too much. And that's still 4% that you know EA is going to exploit our microtransactions (laughs) and battle passes and, you know, more reasons for you to spend money on a game that they didn't give you what they promised. So congrats. Get a Horizon Forbidden West outfit in Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. This one comes from Push Square. Yay. Sony more likely than Microsoft to acquire a Japanese company. Analyst explains. This one comes from Push Square. Uh, we were going to talk about this on the show, but then I decided there's not really much to talk about. It's literally an analyst saying that Japanese companies like to play with other Japanese companies, and that's why we've seen some of the mergers that we have seen come from Japan in the past. You know, the big, the most notable for me and Chris that speak to us is, you know, Squaresoft and Enix, you know, so it just, that kind of makes sense. So anyway, the article basically just goes on to say if anyone's going to acquire a major publisher or developer in japan it's probably more likely to be sony and this just seems like a no-brainer though but chris we got through all the articles congrats to us congrats to you and not much more to say this week so i just want to thank you for your time it's most valuable currency the fact that you give any of it to us humbles us we're appreciative and thank you guys for joining us for another week and until next monday we just have to say goodbye Let's go play Lost Ark. We're going to go play Lost Ark. Bye. Bye.